Hello, new and returning listeners to After Office Hours. I'm Carly, a senior marketing and graphic design student here at UMD and your lead host. I'm joined here today with Ben Charpentier, who I'll let introduce himself here. Hi, everyone. I'm Ben Charpentier. I am currently a senior at the University of Minnesota Duluth, pursuing a professional sales degree and a marketing degree. Uh, my role in the sales club currently is president of the sales summit. So if anyone wants to be involved with that, come find me. We can make sure that we get you involved. Um, today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Greg Wickelman, a retail expert and executive with diverse experience. Greg is the current president and owner of Retail Rhythm, a niche retail consulting company. Greg, we'd love to, if you could give us a little more in-depth introduction of yourself. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I've been in retail for a bazillion years, uh, all across the board from, uh, and, and worked with like Oakley, Crocs, uh, UGG, um, and uh, now kind of on my own, but I'm also doing some sales work. Um, I just recently got my PhD uh, so doing a lot of work uh, on the sales side, I uh, have been exposed to it a lot and kind of working with my wife. She has a company up here that does uh, sales management consulting. So that's how I got, kind of got thrown, in, thrown into the whole sales uh, realm uh, and from previous interest and also uh, uh, research interest. So it's, it's, it's been kind of fun going on the sales path. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, Greg. So we brought you here today to talk about your um, article that you're a co-author of, of situational awareness linked to performance. So we'd love if you could start us off by telling us a little bit more about that. Sure. Uh, situational, uh, situational awareness is kind of an interesting thing. Uh, situational uh, awareness is something that, that uh, essentially went back to World War I. Uh, and it, it came out of aircraft. The, the dude named Oswald Buckle, uh, and hopefully I got his name, he actually started the whole, uh, the whole conversation by trying to train uh, other pilots to start looking at uh, where, where they're at in the air, what, what their uh, uh, opponent is doing, what, what, what's going on with the opponent, how, you know, what do you have in terms of your armaments, all of that kind of thing. And it, it's, it's kind of progressed. Uh, and now F-22 pilots uh, have to go through the training. And F-22 F pilots, very similar. You have to know your angle of attack, who your enemy is, where the enemy is, how many rounds of ammunition you have, all those types of things, uh, in, in essence, to survive. Uh, so that's, uh, it was a really important concept for, for fighter pilots to understand. Um, where we kind of go with it is uh, um, somebody by the name of Micah Ensley. She actually uh, uh, updated a little bit uh, for, for the rest of us. So the perception and awareness of the relevant environment and comprehension of those elements on future state. So essentially, you got to figure out uh, what's happening. So uh, you, have, you go from uh, situational awareness to situational re uh, readiness to ta uh, tactical execution. So uh, you kind of essentially you perceive uh, perceive recall is the first step, then you comprehend what's going on, and then you predict what's happening in the future, if that makes sense. Yeah. And how it relates to the salesperson, which is why we're here. Um, so essentially, the, the salesperson perceives key information regarding the customer opportunity um, and the meaning and effects of the outcome. So essentially, you need to understand what's happening with that customer so you can actually figure out what it means uh, uh, in the sales cycle. So, for example, uh, how many different struggles is the customer dealing with? Uh, you know, how, how you know, are you are you able to pick that up? 
which problem is the most important to customers? Are you able to, to kind of perceive that? in uh, you know, which objections which will, uh, are gonna pop up in the purchasing decision now and later? Uh, so those types of things. Awesome, yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. That's really cool to hear about. So when you're linking situational awareness to performance, it's more looking at the, how can the salesperson best prepare and be aware of what's going on in their surroundings to best prepare for any objection that may come up in the future question that they have, will have to answer? Um, essentially, yes. So what, what, what uh, situational awareness is, is you basically uh, come up with a, a prediction. So your first one is perceived retail, retail, uh, sorry, recall. So understand what's happening uh, in the situation, then comprehend it, and then predict what's going to happen in the future. Um, so some of this sounds a lot like adaptive selling um, and some of the other constructs that we're kind of very familiar with. Um, so what adaptive selling essentially does is it's, it's the, the, the back end of it. And it's based on some things called script theory. So script theory is essentially you pick a script based on what you uh, what you uh, what's happening. So if, so if you hear A, then you, you would give the script B. If you hear C, then you give a script D. So this is literally the front end of that. So how do you choose which script to give? How do you understand where you're going with the whole process? So it's predicting where the, the sale is going to go based on really good information so you can actually have the best outcome. Um, also, what, what what's really kind of important for you know, you guys uh, being new is, uh, you know, more, more successful people obviously have better scripts. So the, 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 the people that have been in the business a while, uh, they go to adaptive selling, they, uh, they, uh, they essentially have the, the best scripts, they know when to apply them. When you go to situation awareness, and if you concentrate on what's happening, you're going to be much better off to understand what to, to how to react to the, the customer and give them what they're looking for. Um, some good examples, because um, um, they're, they're, they're actually mental models, and I'm, I'm kind of going all over the board here, but, but these are all kind of mental models, um, and mental models are shortcuts for, uh, people to, uh, for people's uh, brains to use to, to really get to what you need to get to. Uh, a good example of that is like an EMT, when they're out on an accident, they've developed mental models as to how to deal with a specific situation. So they They've dealt with it before. They go out there, they know exactly what to do and they do it really quick. You can also develop some of those things in practice. So those are shortcut mental models, but how do you get to that? How do you assess the situation when the, the EMT is running up to uh, uh, an accident? He needs to understand, hey, there's a um, there's gas coming down. Uh, I need to understand that. There's somebody that's, that's hurt in the car. There's, uh, you know, all those different things are the situational awareness piece that, that they need to be aware of. That's awesome. And that actually um, made me think of a question here relating yeah. to the script theory and then how you transition into more of an adaptive seller. So mm -hmm. I know you mentioned that um, the situational awareness is developed kind of by the Air Force for like F-22 pilots. So how do you really train the um, salesperson or, you know, in that case, the fighter pilot to really make that transition from script theory to adaptive selling? So, um, it's so interesting that in our in this particular research, we kind of didn't, didn't really de uh, delve into the after piece of it. Um, we're really dealing with the upfront piece, which is, uh, again, pretty important. But 
something uh, some things that that we actually uh, did. Well, let me let me go through some of the results because I think that's going to be pretty interesting for you too. Um, so this was all done experimental. Uh, we did some, and, and by the way, I will come back to your question. It's going to be slightly different because it's going to be how to train. So we did um, uh, some experiments, which is kind of interesting in the marketing world and the sales world because not a whole lot of experiments are done. And this was actually uh, done at a company, a lighting company, a fairly large industrial lighting company in a B2B uh, B2 uh, situation. Um, and we actually did experiments with these folks uh, when we were actually, we had a, a, a meeting with them or a conference and we we're able to, to talk to them and, and run these experiments. So from a situation performance, the top performers, uh, essentially the top 15 in the sales performance area, the score uh, in the meetings was 78. So they were much higher in situational awareness than other folks. So that's really important to know. So everyone else averaged about 50%. So you're looking at the bottom, the, the, le the lesser performers are, are 50% on the situational performance. So from a performance standpoint, that's really important to notate. Yeah. So how do you train that person to have that situational awareness to bump it up to that 70 some percent compared to the 50% that everyone else has? So that is actually interesting enough, kind of a part of one of our, our paper because we did, we looked at a couple different things. So the first one uh, is pre-meeting coaching. So everybody does pre-meeting coaching. Everybody knows that pre-meeting coaching is actually really important to, to doing better sales, right? So we looked at three types of coaching. Uh, we looked at directive coaching, which a lot of people do directive coaching. And directive coaching is basically, I tell you what to do. So, so go into the meeting and do this, right? And, you, you, and, and, and a lot of people do that. And then we also looked at, you know, obviously no coaching. And then we looked at collaborative coaching. Uh, so it's, it, it, it's basically we're, you know, talking, doing role plays, uh, coaching. What do you think the, the top one was? Pretty I easy. would say collaborative. It, without a doubt. I mean, that, that's with, with a bullet. What's, what do you think the second one was? Probably no coaching. no coaching. I'm going to guess that one. Yeah, what? I agree with Ben. No, no coaching? Mm -hmm. You're You're 100%. Which is kind of interesting because so many so many managers will go out there and say, "Okay, go do this," right? Mm -hmm. So they're actually having a negative impact, uh, according to our research. So first thing, the, the the coaching is actually having a collaborative coaching environment where you're not just telling them to do stuff, so you actually want to talk through it. Um, that's kind of uh, the 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 first one. So then there's also planning. Um, and again, everybody knows the importance of planning a meeting and you wanna go through planning and, and make sure that you plan out the meeting uh, to the nth degree, right? Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. so we looked at a couple different kinds of, uh, of planning. So there's congruent planning, uh, which sellers were uh, asked to, to think about a similar situation they had worked on before. So what, what have you looked at before that looks similar? Uh, counterfactual planning, which they were encouraged to think about similar or dissimilar accounts that they might have Im uh, have impacted before. Uh, perspective planning, which sellers were encouraged to uh, think about a meeting that they were going uh, into that uh, based solely on the facts presented. So, uh, what what do you see happening based on what 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 is presented? And then control group, basically they re received no planning. What do you what do you think on this one? This one's this one's kind of interesting because it could go a number of different ways. I don't know. This one's got me stumped. 
actually counterfactual planning was was actually the highest. So planning, you basically uh, think about similar or dissimilar accounts and what they have might have an impact uh, that might come up. So think about your past and think about uh, situations in which uh, this may be similar or different and how it impacted you. That's very interesting. really interesting. So I have a question for you. So as um, a president and owner for Retail Rhythm and you have a background in retail, um, how did you take this situational awareness and then um, adaptivity as well as like the collaborative coaching from like a manager perspective into like implementing it into your business and then like with your employees? Okay, so I my, my business is essentially consulting, um, and I, I'm actually uh, changing to an extent. I'm actually coming in. I'm, I'm going into more of a sales role. Um, the reason we came up to Minnesota uh, is a company called Business Efficacy, and we do sales management consulting. Um, and I'm actually doing essentially the uh, research uh, and development on that side. So we're kind of making a transition. Uh, on the retail side, uh, my situational awareness is understanding what people are doing and people are doing wrong. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's amazing how many buyers, if you look at retail uh, and you know retail, most buyers buy what they like and not what the customers are buying, which I know sounds really strange, but that's why you go into uh, a retailer and most of the time they're out of what you want because they bought the wrong thing is they buy them wrong all the time. And I don't understand why they, they do that, but they do kind of an interesting situational awareness uh, exercise. So one question I have for you is as students, how can we better our situational awareness? Do you have any tips or tricks for that? Well, I'm going to go through our third experiment real quick. Cause I think this is cool too. And then it may answer some of that. But I, I, I think some of these other ones that we've already talked about are, are, are some of it. Uh, I mean, we, we live in a world where literally we're, we're living 140 bytes or what is it, 280 now uh, at a time. So uh, slowing down uh, and, and, and listening to what the customer is saying uh, and, and really focusing on things. This, this next one I thought was really interesting. And this will hit home for a lot of you guys. So we looked at um, facilitation and facilitation by, by means of PowerPoint. So everybody use a, a PowerPoint presentation, right? Yep. And that's, that's how we, we live and die. So we looked at, uh, three situations where, uh, somebody was given a PowerPoint, like the salespeople were given a PowerPoint and we're, this is the presentation you're going to do uh, control group, which is basically nothing. Um, and then whiteboarding. What do you think was the top? It's pretty pretty obvious. I would be leaning towards whiteboarding um, yeah. as you're able to like work on it with people. And why do you think that is? Um, I think that would go back to the collaboration piece that we talked about earlier. Well, yeah, uh, yes, and you're also you're listening to the customer. So <laughs> when you're talk when you're talking to the customer, so when you do a PowerPoint presentation, you're talking at the customer right? And yes. you're getting across your points. This is what I want to tell you. When you do a whiteboard session, all of a sudden I've got to listen to you. So if you tell me something, I'll put it up on the whiteboard. I'm, 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 you know, diagramming, I'm looking at stuff. I'm going through things that, 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 that you've talked to me about. So all of a sudden I've got this situation where I'm really engaged with you. So I, 
uh, I know exactly what you need, what you want, how you're doing. It's just, it's a much different engagement level than a PowerPoint. Um, so essentially to answer the question, it's kind of in this last example, you have to be present. You have to listen to what people or customers are saying. That is probably, you know, be, be quiet and listen <laughs> and understand what's happening. Uh, engage in the, the, the situation, engage in conversation. Um, don't try to, you know, if you're, if you're uh, running late on your PowerPoint, it's okay. If, if you're engaged in conversation, that's good. That means you're actually talking to the, the, the people and you can actually understand what they're, they're needing. If you have to get your point across, that means you're not listening to them. It's definitely funny you bring up that you've got to listen more because it hits home for me with what my mom used to always tell me growing up was you're given <laughs> two ears and one mouth, learn to use them proportionally. Yeah, ab absolutely. And that, that's, that's what sale, the, so many salespeople do wrong. And when you're talking about, you know, being uh, younger in this, in the sales world, that's, I mean, cause you're given a, a lot of times you're given here, here's a PowerPoint, here's a product, here's a whatever, go out and sell it. You go to people, you go to certain customers and you need to get all your points across. Well, you're not there for you. You're there for them. So whatever their problem is, that's what you need to fill. So listen, 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 and use your ears. Just like your mom said, that is the most important thing you could possibly ever do. Yeah, we always try to. It never seems to work as well as we try sometimes. Yeah, never, never. Well, and 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 you know, salespeople are are they 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 really want to tell their story, and they always want to tell their story. And it's not always a bad thing, but when it when it overtakes what the customer is saying, that is a bad thing because you 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 miss opportunities. Um, in our in our research, we we have one example which we just thought was just kind of interesting and funny, but it it kind of brings up the whole thing. I'm sure you guys have uh, seen it. Uh, uh, it's all it, it's it's an experiment that's been around for a long time. Um, there's uh, people on a basketball court, and they say, "Okay, um, we're going to pass around a basketball. Keep your eye on the basketball. Make sure you're watching the basketball." And these people are watching the basketball, watching the basketball. And there's a gorilla, a guy in a gorilla suit, walking around. Nobody notices the guy in the gorilla suit, but they're they're watching that basketball really, really closely. So. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is I brought up um, um, the uh, uh, I didn't bring up attention schema uh, uh, theory. So attention schema schema theory is is really what this is based on. Attention schema theory is based on uh, is, is what a lot of this is based on. So uh, what you pay attention to is what you're going to notice. So situational awareness is is pretty much that. If you pay attention to the PowerPoint you're going to notice the PowerPoint. If you pay attention to, uh, you know, whatever you're coached on, like if you pay attention to, Hey, my manager told me to say this, that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to pay attention to. So you really need to, to open it up and make sure you're listening. And once you listen and uh, take in everything, uh, taking in who's in the room, who's, who's talking, who, who has problems, what are their problems? Um, and don't try to, to change it to whatever your problem is, because that's what their pain point is, right? So whatever their pain point is, is what you need to solve. Not, not whatever your pain point is, because that doesn't matter. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's funny you brought up the gorilla suit. I guess I've never heard that one before, but there's plenty of quotes that I've read that said, the th thing that you focus on is the thing you're going to find. So make sure you're focusing on something good. 
Yeah, to attention schema theory. That's so. I, I brought up uh, script theory because I think it's really relevant in this situation. And we were kind of basic, originally thinking that we're going to go down the script theory for this path, but attention schema theory kind of makes more sense uh, because you don't, you know, if you're not listening, you're not, you're, you're not really seeing or hearing what you're supposed to be you know, doing, especially in a sales role. Um, script theory works, but script theory is kind of after the fact. Um, so we kind of went back and said, okay, Script theory is really cool and we really like it and think it's uh, a really relevant, but it's kind of after the fact and we didn't want to go down that path. So attention schema theory is kind of what we based a lot of this stuff on, uh, which is kind of an interesting uh, theory. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, so I'm just thinking back to the script theory, since that's kind of more of like what you mentioned students tend to do in the beginning because it's easy to come up with and then have a plan and you feel um, prepared that way. So in your research with the people, the 78% that um, maybe were more adaptive than the others who were more scripted, did you notice anything or have the opportunity to talk about them um, and how they like made that transition from like coming up with a the script then to being more adapt adaptive and paying with the attention schema theory? When you're looking at um, a lot of this, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you that experience doesn't have to play a part in it. So uh, situational awareness does come with, with, uh, uh, you know, seniority. I mean, the, the, the longer you're in it, the, the, the better you're going to be. I mean, that just goes without saying. And if you look at people, uh, successful people, uh, in, you know, looking at the, at the right, uh, scripts, uh, the people that are the most successful are the ones that have the better scripts and the better, the, and you can actually choose the better script. And that comes with some experience. So, one thing that you definitely need to, to, to look at is coaching. Make sure that your manager is coaching you correctly. Uh, and, you know, going back to what I said earlier, make sure he's not just telling you, hey, go do this. Um, it's, it's talking to them and understanding why and maybe taking advantage of some of their experience. Because a lot of these, these managers mm -hmm. do have experience. And if you can uh, understand what they've gone through, uh, it can kind of shortcut your process a little bit. So, you know, Going back to F-22s and stuff like that, you know, people are, people are training and they're training in, uh, uh, you know, trainers, uh, uh, you know, screens, video screens. And uh, a lot of what they do is, is recall. So they'll, they'll uh, go through a fighter simulation and they'll stop in the middle and ask them questions. Um, hey, what, 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 what did you see? What was your fuel at? What was this? What was that? similar to what you guys are doing when you're going to these competitions. So you're kind of doing the exercises right now. And I think it's really cool that you're doing them because you're actually training yourself very similar to what, F, you know, the pilots are doing. So you're doing it now. Um, and you're trying to shortcut that, that path. Uh, so somebody that doesn't have these experiences will have, you know, less situational awareness. That's super cool. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. And I was also thinking while you were, um, talking there about how that relates to like sales competitions. Um, and then as far as like taking this and being collaborative coaches, I know Ben and I are each going to be looking to coach a sales team here. So we'll definitely be looking to um, take all of this valuable insights as coaches ourselves and implement that to have our members be the most successful that they can. But Greg, thank you so much for taking the time today to share all of this insight with us. Um, and we'd be super interested in checking out that article and your dissertation when it comes out. So thank you so much again for all of your time. Um, is there anything else that you would like to mention before we sign off here? No, I think that's it. I mean, I, I, 
train, train, train. The more you do, the better you're going to get. Uh, and, you know, be aware. I mean, as the situational awareness is going to help you out in the long run, for sure. The one question I have for you, Greg, before we log off quickly is where's the best spot that we can be able to find your dissertation in that article when it is fully published? So we're actually submitting the article probably within the next week or two. So uh, fingers crossed, it's going to be in a good journal. And I don't know which journal it's going to be in yet because I don't uh, I don't have the, the uh, uh, feedback yet. And my dissertation should be published uh, oh God, probably in, in three or four weeks, hopefully, cross my fingers. And it is about job crafting, which is also kind of cool for you guys, uh, but much different. It's actually how people change their jobs without their manager knowing it. Sounds like awesome. a great part two opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Greg, for giving us this little sneak peek. And um, I guess we'll see you all later on after office hours. So take care, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.